Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Hey, welcome to Renegade Oh my gosh. Well, I'm going to leave that in, but I'm going to try again. Welcome to Renegade Rules. I'm Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. How are you doing, Heather? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. We haven't talked for a while, and I'm glad to be catching up with you and, and on, on the microphone again. I got a little story for you. I was out today uh, with, with Grandbaby, and we're doing, we're doing some running around, running some errands, and uh, they are tearing down an old industrial warehouse type building they were going to turn it into uh, some some loft apartments but the building was too far gone and so they're knocking it down and going to rebuild on the same footprint and so big old crane and a wrecking ball awesome and we stopped and watched yesterday and bricks fell and it was awesome and we talked to worker guys with hard hats and we had to stop by today and and take a look and i i caught myself Turning into Tim Allen from his his uh, sitcom back in what the 80s or 90s, Home Improvement, whatever it was, and that <laughs> that manly man kind of grunt that he does, and I and I, I and I caught myself wanting to use the the male-dominated vernacular that comes with a lot of this, and what I ended up doing was shutting up and saying, "That's pretty cool, huh?" Because for me, the, the language that I grew up with was that kind of stuff. The wrecking balls and chainsaws were guy things. And in my professional practice and with my own daughter and with my granddaughter, I don't want those to be guy things. I want them to be options. And so I, I, I always work to use the appropriate language, but sometimes the language of my youth gets in the way. And so one of the, one of the biggest things I can do in those situations, I think, is – bite my tongue bot, yes, bot. not too hard so <laughs> yeah i don't i don't want to believe because then other things come out of my mouth <laughs> i'll start i'll keep show she'll go home with new that'll, words and that'll be educational yeah that, that, that'll be another topic i'm sure we can talk about so so where are you with this whole thing do we need to bite our tongue a little bit with uh, kids every once in a while well i think shutting our mouths is a great form of parenting because we often are so quick to jump in and judge a child's actions or looks or speech or whatever they might be doing. Um, so in this case, you were trying to stop yourself from using all the guy language that naturally is embedded in your brain, and it sort of springs out at times. Um, and when we shut our mouths, it gives us, it puts our brains on pause, because otherwise, if we just keep our mouths going all the time, whatever will pop out. So if we keep our mouths shut and purposely just clamp our lips together and pause and breathe, we might be able to summon our, our best selves and say, as you did, wow, that's pretty cool, and just let the child respond and react and have a good old conversation. Um, so yeah, I think, I think sh keeping the mouth shut is an excellent strategy. I like to use it, especially when kids are, say, running down the sidewalk and on concrete and they're running too fast. Too fast for us. <laughs> yeah. And what most adults will do is immediately call out, be careful, watch out, you're going to break your neck. You know, often they go to extremes. I always wondered, why did they say break your neck? As if this was a very rare thing. <laughs> yeah, I've done that a lot. <laughs> um, or if you pick up a stick, you're going to put someone's eye out. I mean, they always went very 
mostly going to happen to a child running too fast on concrete is nothing or give me. Those are mostly the things that are going to happen. And when they hear you say, you're going to get hurt, and then they don't get hurt, that's a data point. Aha, do not trust adult who is overly worried. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they are learning. They're learning to ignore that warning from adults. And I guess I prefer on the whole to keep my mouth shut so that when I do speak up and yell, watch out, it's really going to matter. It has meaning, yeah. And, and the whole idea, I, I want to circle back to the, the uh, you're going to break your neck or you're going to poke your eye out uh, thinking. I, I was having a conversation with my, my buddy Mickey Bakken from Australia the other day about risky play. And we got into a little bit of a conversation about catastrophic thinking. And in those moments where we blurt stuff out at children as adults, a lot of it is that, that catastrophic thinking stuff that really, really, like you say, gets in the way of them trusting us, but also puts a little bit of fear into them and, and gets in the way of them challenging themselves and, and taking mindful risk and those kinds of things. Right, right, exactly. Um, and I have in, in my new book, It's Okay to Go Up the Slide, a whole section safety seconds and taking healthy risks. And sometimes we just need to um, keep our mouths clamped shut and wait and watch and um, be prepared to cope with the tears and the skin needs and the band-aids when it does happen. But it's not going to happen every time. And the child is always in a new edition of her body. I mean, these are growing kids. And the, the neurons are connecting, the muscles are getting stronger, the body keeps growing bigger and Sometimes the balance is more off and sometimes it's more on. But the kids have to keep trying out, what can this version of my body do? How fast can it go today versus last week when I was running it? And they're not thinking this consciously, but their bodies are propelling them and their minds to take these challenges and to find their limits of who they are right now. So they're climbing up the slide or they're running or they're taking their tricycle too fast or their bike. And they're trying to figure out who they are and what they can do. And... Believe it or not, kids do not like to get hurt. They don't like the blood. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not out intentionally trying to harm themselves, are they? No, I mean, we do need to watch out if you're at the edge of a cliff or you're right near a busy road. I mean, they don't always have their uh, um, environmental awareness radars turned on. So we do need to watch out on their behalf in those cases. But if they're doing regular kid things, um, and it might be something we would not want to risk, you know, they're on ice skates and they're going too fast Those, a, a, good, a good skinned knee once in a while is not only a, an awesome scab to show your friends, it's, it, it helps build a little bit of resilience and, uh, and, and, and teach you that you can get up and you can, you can hurt and then emotionally get beyond that and move on with your life. I think there's a, there's a lot of growth that comes in that. And when we're creating environments where we are always stopping those things from happening, we are, we are taking away a, a big part of... of uh, the learning that's happening in, in the day-to-day -day experiences of children. I also find that keeping our mouths shut is very helpful with uh, potential power struggles. I like to dissipate a power struggle by just not saying anything more. So I will set a clear expectation. And 
there, but we are on spring break right now. And so my kids like to lounge around in their pajamas because they don't have to rush off on the school bus. And it's a nice thing to do. But because we might want to go somewhere in the afternoon or go outside or do something, we just have an expectation in our family that you get dressed by lunch. That means you have to make your bed, brush your teeth, get dressed, um, at least by lunch, so that when lunch is served, people at the table have their clothes on. And, for example, today, my youngest didn't want to get out of his pajamas. So I just reminded him that we were going to eat, that when he was ready to come, we could, we knew where his clothes were. <laughs> and then I didn't say anything more, and he said all kinds of things, because he felt like it. <laughs> and if I had reacted to any of them, it would have escalated up and up and up. But I just didn't respond, because I had set what the expectation was, um, partly through tradition and partly by just saying it one time firmly. And then we went ahead with our lunch, and he watched us eat for a while. And then eventually he quietly walked off, got himself dressed and all, and came back and joined us for the second half of lunch. So the power struggle didn't have a chance to go because you can't fight against resistance. Yeah. <laughs> so I think closing your mouth is can really help people when you feel you're just locked in with a child. Yeah, I, I had this happen yesterday with grandbaby. We were we were playing. Um, we had the uh, the race. You know the the Hot Wheel car racetrack, the little Matchbox car racetrack. Yeah, they're fun. We had those set up in the kitchen. It's going down from the kitchen counter and across the kitchen and into the into the dining room. And we're having a good time. And we had to bring in some cardboard boxes and blocks to get the track elevated right so the cars didn't bounce off. And and so we made a bit of a mess. But everybody else is gone and it's cool. And then we were done. She decided she's hungry and it's time to be done. And I said, Well, okay, I'll put together the stuff, put away the stuff I got out, and you need to put away the stuff you got out. No. I said, Well, you, you need to be responsible for that. Um, no. And then she, she started arguing with me, that, and, and this, this uh, almost four year old girl kind of tone thing that really, really does get under my skin, and I, I shouldn't let it. And I finally said, Okay, if I have to pick it up, I'm going to put it in a box, and I'm going to set it out on the deck, and the next time I go run errands, I'm going to drop it off at some place where, where, where other kids can have it, because obviously you don't care about this stuff anymore. I said, okay. And so she went off, and I, I loaded I, ooh, I loaded the stuff up and, uh, and, and set it on the deck. And she came back in about four minutes later and said, Papa, are you really giving my stuff away? I said, well, you didn't want to pick it up, and... and you know, that's what I said I was going to do. How about if I put it away right now? So, yeah, yeah, we could probably do that. And and then she went out and she got the stuff and she put it away. But it could, it was right at that breaking point. If I would have said another word and, and, and argued with her like she wanted me to, it would have been ended in both of us sitting in the corner crying, I think. And so just stating, you know, here's the expectation and moving on, like you say, can be a, can be a valuable thing. It's, it saved me from crying at the grandbaby. Um, and... <laughs> Right, and I think in, in your example, we do have to be careful because sometimes um, sometimes a lot of people have this same thing. If the kids won't pick something up, so, okay, we're going to load up the stuff and take it to the thrift store. Um, it, it depends how we do that because if we have it as a family expectation that this is what happens and it's known, you know, just like you brush your teeth before you go to bed, it's something that we do. If this is the understood expectation or it becomes that, um, 
that that's one thing. I think sometimes people launch into it almost like a threat. Uh-huh. And then it can be dangerous. But then it's 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 like the the bribery threatening type of I'm going to make you do what I want yeah, yeah. by invoking this. So, um I love the idea of you got to take care of your things and when it's time to pick up, you got to pick up. And I think the picking things up and um having it go off to someone who will take care of it um can really work well. But I think it has to be done. I think we have to tread that fine balance. So people who are trying it for the first time, trying not to use it in a, if you don't do this, I'm going to do that, and then yeah, it yeah, just becomes that hanging over threat thing. Just escalating to that can, can, can have negative consequences. This has gone back to the, I mean, we've got 20-plus we've got, uh, years of, of this is the way it's been in, in this yeah, house. and that's uh, a different thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's, that's what her, her, her mommy and her brother grew up with. And, uh, and, you know, we still have too much crap around the house. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't know how. Right. Uh, we'll have to move on. I'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that if um, when we're introducing this kind of thing, if, if we want to, let's say something's not working in our household, like toy sale, then it's, it's bothering us as adults. We need to make a change. And if you're introducing a, a kind of a sudden change, maybe in your family you haven't had this, like Jeff's family, a, a 20-year tradition where this is the family expectation. But if you're introducing something new that's kind of drastic, well, go ahead and say, this is a new thing we're going to do, and here's why, and talk about it. And you can even do it with puppets if it's less threatening that way. You know, baby pink puppet has trouble picking up his toys. And have it have it be worked out because the kids need to, if there's something new coming in, whether you're trying one of these renegade rules or some trying something like toy pickup, you've sometimes got to introduce it and reinforce it for a while before you're you're really ready to roll. Yeah, yeah. Because and, and one of the other big thing about that shutting up is is man, sometimes you drive yourself to you drive yourself right into a corner sometimes when you keep talking. And yes, exactly. It you start promi- saying things that you wish you hadn't, and then you feel like you, you can't back down. Yeah, positive and negative sometimes uh, uh, with, with the rewards you offer or the threats you make. And so, so biting, biting those lips together um, can, can be a real benefit there. Yeah. I was also wondering if maybe we as, as adults need to be a little bit more mindful about doing this on social media. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, we could all talk less and, and be less impulsive, right? But um, just to sum up this topic, um, I think there is a book that readers, uh, listeners might be interested in called Ducks Taste Different. Ducks as in that stuff that's that big, great, sticky taste. Uh-huh. Duct tape parenting. And the cover has a parent with duct tape over her mouth breathing. Oh, wow. So the, um, it's by a parent educator, Vicki Hoffel, who's in Vermont. And she points out how much we can let our kids grow and take risks and gain independence and learn and come to us when they need it by simply shutting our mouths. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I also, the shutting our mouth gives us a little bit more time to sit back and observe as well, huh? And that that observation can really improve the choices the choices we as the adults in the room in the room make. And I think that's one one of the things we could all get better at is that that reflective practice and and keeping your mouth shut is is a, a step in the right direction along those lines as well, isn't it? Yep. 
Good. Hey, we got a, I got a minute. We, we, we got we got I got to wrap up with one other thing. Um, um, I can't keep my mouth shut about this. Heather, I need some. <laughs> chi- I need some. Chi- I need some chicken advice. Chicken advice. Yeah, we got we got we're, we we fed the the three hens, and I've got I got uh, four new new chicks, and they're little, and they're segregated from the big ones right now. But at some point, I got to introduce them to the to the other hens, and they all got to live together. And I've never done that before. Is that something you've done and can give me advice on, or is it going to be scary? Oh, no, we always killed ours and ate them, and then we got the new ones. So we never <laughs> had to introduce them. We just didn't feel it would be polite to introduce them to the chicken noodle soup. <laughs> oh, crap. I don't want to so, kill Sorry, Jeff. You're on your own on that one. Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't want to make my hens into soup. I just want more eggs. All right. Hey, listeners, um, if you've been keeping your, keeping your mouth, don't – Oh, here, here's the way we're going to end. Don't keep your mouth shut if you've got thoughts or comments about keeping your mouth shut. Let us know uh, on the Upstairs Studio Facebook page or get a hold of Heather on her page or email us or whatever. Uh, let us know what you think about keeping your mouth shut. Heather, how do people get a hold of you if they want to book you for something or have questions or need to order books? Yeah, it's all on my website, heatherschumacher.com. And I want to also invite people to check out the Explorations Early Learning app because all the podcasts live there, and uh, there's other good stuff there. And you can get that on your device's app store. Uh, so check that out. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio.